Hi there, and you're very welcome to this week's episode of my Tough Love Energy podcast. The title for today's podcast is going to be How Well Connected Are You? Now, each year we know that new words move up the ranking um, and move into the dictionary, all dependent on, I suppose, their usage, their exposure, their popularity. And I think it's pretty clear, pretty obvious that the contenders for 2020 um, would have featured, you know, words like unprecedented, sourdough, social distancing, uh, banana bread, pandemic. You get the gist. Um, so we know that that actually, you know, uh, those words would have summed up what for many of us was our experience of 2020. And can I just say, if that was your experience, then you're among one of the lucky ones. Yet for me, there is honestly only one winner um, to emerge from the past uh, 18 months in terms of what word do I feel best sums up the experience so far. And I have to use the word so far in case um, in case uh, we're not done yet with COVID. Um, but for me, the, the word that, as I say, that would sum up my own experience and the experience that I've seen with so many of my clients would be connection. Now, obviously, the variables of that, whether it's disconnection, whether it's reconnection. But but I do believe that it is fairly safe to say that everything that has happened since um, since, you know, the very beginning of the, the pandemic in March 2020 has either led us towards or moved us away from greater connection. We've said so often before that it really does sound like a cliche and I know I have said it so many times that you know there's no denying that that our experience in the last 18 months has changed us all um, and it has changed how we live immeasurably and while that change may be somewhat temporary and you know hopefully you're beginning to to notice and observe now that there is some level of normality coming back in into people's lives and routines and structures are coming back. Um, but, you know, it really has left us not not damaged, but definitely bruised um, and very much awakened at best. Now, again, I, you know, I recognize and I think it's important to acknowledge that that I'm saying this from a place of privilege that, you know, nobody I know personally was seriously ill with COVID. Certainly nobody I know died from COVID. Um, and, you know, I suppose with both my parents being dead and my in-laws being dead, there was no um, it, it didn't feel like there was this huge sacrifice or huge worry about our parents. Or So I, like I recognize that I came through COVID pretty unscathed in comparison to so many others when we're looking at it from the context of how it impacted on our lives. Um, and, you know, and, and th that's what I mean by, you know, bruised, being bruised at worst and, and been um, grief struck and uh, suffering from loss at, at, at worst. So, you know, if if that is you, if you are one of these people that has come through COVID with, you know, 
a lot of loss, then, um, you know, then what I would say to you is that, you know, that sense of connection or that sense of disconnection will have a whole different meaning for you. So without being fully um, being fully aware of it, the, the pandemic or the last 18 months, as I say, has brought or has raised the topic, the theme, the subject of connection, our connection to those around us, to our family, to our friends, even to strangers, to our, our connection to routine, to structure, to what up until then felt most familiar to us. And equally and probably somewhat paradoxically, it has at the same time been all about disconnection, to, you know, coming together as a, as a nation, as a, as a global community, as a people. We were asked to stay apart. And in turn, this this last year and a half has resulted in us feeling so much more disconnected than ever from our families from our work colleagues, from our communities, from our friends, from our lives. And the truth is that for so many, this enforced lockdown made so many people deeply unhappy, deeply lonely, deeply miserable, deeply anxious, deeply depressed, all extremely real, very real um, experiences and emotions that have come out of it. And for some, it is also, you know, that enforced lockdown, they can recognize that it brought with it a very natural slowdown and an opportunity, a very unique opportunity, or let's hope it's unique opportunity for us to pause and reflect. And many people silently welcomed the opportunity that it afforded us to step off the treadmill, to get out of our routine, to break the structures of our day to day lives. I know I did. And, you know, I've not been shy in speaking about that, that for me, um, it just it fed my soul, that freedom to to just be, to settle. And I know that that might sound a little corny, but it's also extremely true. All the things that we had to do and all the choices that we needed to make, they were all removed from us. Um, and we were asked to do, you know, everything, everything we could from our homes. And we were asked to slow down. Even now, I smile when I hear people talking about them continuing on with their their newfound love of gardening or their newfound love of baking or what seems to be so common is that in some form or, or another, there has been a huge reconnection with nature. So whether that's just down to observing nature in its simplicity while out for your everyday walk within your two kilometer, your five kilometer radius, or whether that is actually, you know, um, really listening to hearing probably for the first time the bird song looking at the trees watching the ocean you know for me that connection with nature is is a relatively recent connection but I'm talking about in the last like 10 years however for so many people the last 18 months has opened up that part of their lives and it's so important, you know, and I will keep saying this, that we do acknowledge that this is not the experience for everybody um, because I don't want to diminish that experience for anyone and to acknowledge and recognize that the last year has been incredibly cruel on so many people. And so many people really now understand disconnection. But it's so important that we talk about it now, because as we are slowly coming out of lockdown, we are slowly 
having to, being forced to reconnect with the world, with a routine, with our structures, with our families, with our friends. And, you know, ironically, that is now bringing with it its whole set of new problems, because whether we might have initially embraced the idea of having to to um, decrease our social groups or to the very fact that we were told to stay at home, we weren't allowed out to restaurants, we weren't allowed out to to social gatherings, to large to, to being within large groups or amongst large groups of people. And so that took its time in terms of adjusting to that. But equally now at the other end of the spectrum, now that we are seeing that open up again in front of us, we have to recognize that it is not that strange that we are now finding that part of it hard to adapt to and hard to adjust to. And that doesn't mean that if you're nervous now, if you're feeling nervous going into a crowded place or being amongst a group of people that you haven't seen for quite a while, whether it's in your office, whether it's within your family, you know, that sense of worry and anxiety and nervousness is entirely natural. And that doesn't mean that you have become disconnected from the people around you. That does mean that at all. That just means that it's going to take you time to flex your social muscles again. Um, and uh, and so, you know, it it is something we need to be aware of and we need to be patient with ourselves, but we also need to be patient with other people and not put huge expectations on other people or not react badly if somebody says, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. Or could I hold off on doing that for a little bit? Or would you mind if we waited a little bit longer? longer until we we meet up. I'm really looking forward to seeing you, but um, could we just wait a little bit longer? You know, if you're the person saying that or if you're the person hearing that, I would ask you to be patient with yourself and to be patient with others. So as we return um, to that sense of connection, I would like us to return in this podcast to the importance of connection. I invite you to think about the most precious connection of them all. And this is the one that I hope that you, even if it was the first time in your life that you discovered it in the last 18 months or so. And that is that connection that you have with yourself. More accurately, I suppose I want you to think of this as your chance to reconnect with yourself and to remember that as children, we were incredibly connected within ourselves and we were just born that way long before we learned the significance or the importance or the necessity on learning how best to react to the people around us. Gauging, you know, as children, um, it took us quite a while before we started gauging the impact of our actions on other people. But we did and we started started to realize it slowly that in order for us to continue to receive love or food or acceptance, we needed to act and be a certain way. And I suppose at that stage of our lives, we weren't yet uh, exposed to the dangers of overthinking or overanalyzing. And just so the connection that, that, that we have with ourselves is, is so real and it's so pure. And when it comes to understanding what connection looks or feels like, it's important to know that it it really isn't simply communicating with someone else or with something else. The dictionary tells us that connection 
is, uh, and I'm going to read this bit, it is a relationship in which a person or thing is linked or associated with something else. But honestly, I believe that it goes way beyond that. It's it's much deeper and far wide, wider. And yet, you know, why then is connection so important? Well, when you feel connected with yourself, you know, you're very connected with your feelings and your emotions. And I suppose the best way or the way that I try to explain this, even when I'm working with my own clients, is to think of it in terms of two of the big motor engines within your body are your head and your heart. And our heads and from our heads and in our heads is where we do all our planning and managing and organizing. And it's also where we study and where we gather information and where we learn and where we read. Um, It's also where we budget. It's where we manage our finances. So all the actual doing and the thinking and the planning and the organizing, that all happens from your head. And then if you move then to your heart space or your heart area, it's here that so many of our feelings and emotions reside. It's also here that your creativity lives. So if you're somebody that has a passion for for writing or art or crafts or painting or, you know, any of any modality that involves you expressing that creative part of yourself, that comes from your heart space. So too, that's is where your uh, intuition and your instinct all reside and are residents of that heart space within you. Your heart space is clearly where you have all your feelings. So rather than thinking a feeling, it's where you really feel it. It's where you can stop and say, oh my God, how, how's that making me feel? How do I feel now that that's happened? How do I feel now that I'm thinking about this? So, you know, your heart space is that part of you that, you know, emotes and feels. And so it's the part that you can measure about, you know, as to whether you're in alignment, whether you're doing something that's right for you, because it's also the part of your body where where you can connect with your purpose, where you can get a real sense of of, you know, what you want from your life, what your expectations, your dreams, your desires are. They all belong or they all originate in your heart space. And I can't talk about the heart space and not acknowledge it's whether we call it a resident or a next door neighbor, but also your heart space is where your soul exists. And our souls are the part of us that make us totally unique. And whether you believe, as I do, that our, our it's our soul that indicates the lifetimes we've had, the lifetimes we're going to have. It's our soul that carries on from one lifetime into the other. It's our soul that calls us back to ourselves. It's our soul that really, when we ca- have that imprint and when we live with that imprint, it's our soul that can clearly define our very essence. And when you connect or when you start to understand that sense of soul, which you get when you're you're connected to your heart, then it just opens up this whole other world. 
I'm gone on a little bit of a tangent there. It's a subject I'm, I just love and I'm so passionate about. But when it comes to being connected, you know, it's to remember that area, that soul also belongs in that heart space. And also it's there where our our sense of spirituality is. So whatever that is for you, whether you believe in God, the universe, source, energy, um, Mother Mary, Mother Earth, you know, whatever your beliefs are, whatever your faith atheist or whatever, whoever it is or whatever it is that you pray to or you talk to, whether it's the angels, whether it's your spirit guides, you know, whatever that represents to you, whatever that um, brings or connects you to your soul, that's your spirituality. And obviously, you know, that uh, that ability to to connect with our spirituality belongs in that part of our body as well. So just going back to, you know, thinking of your head as to where it's all about your doing and thinking of your heart area as being all about the feeling. And obviously, I suppose it, it maybe I should have said it at the beginning. Um, or maybe it doesn't need to be said, but it's in our heart space that we love and it's from our heart space that we love and not just that we love, but we allow ourselves to be loved. So when we are connected, when our head and our heart are both connected, the flow of energy between the two is what keeps us all alive. And that's what keeps everyone functioning. And that's when you look around you and you see somebody with that spark in them, with that joy um, behind their eyes, then you're getting a very strong indication that they're fully connected, that they're head and their heart. And, you know, there's no there's no great mystery as to how to be connected. But what what I want even for maybe to help you understand a little bit more is that what happens when we get disconnected and when we get disconnected um, we just more often than not actually I don't um, I don't know of any exception to this but when we are disconnected we move retreat go back into our heads. And this happens with any, I suppose, following any kind of a difficult period in your life, any kind of a difficult life changing event, you know, whether it's it could be money troubles, it could be illness, it could be a friend falling out with you, it could be heartbreak, it could be a divorce, it could be a death, it could be serious illness. You know, there are so many God, as we know, there are so many difficult challenges that we all face. It could be redundancy. It could be the, you know, what? Watching a dream um, that you had, watching that fall apart. There are so many things that can cause you to feel, you know, aggrieved and to, and to feel upset and to feel very challenged by life. And when that happens to us, we retreat and we, we disconnect because we go to a place where we feel, we believe, we hope we have greatest control. So we go back into our heads and we go back into planning mode and organizing mode. And even if you think of as an example of that, you know, particularly, I suppose, you know, if, if you've ever lost somebody close to you and then you're planning their funeral and you're planning, you know, all the details around it. And there's so many practicalities and logistics and and they're 
in a way there, particularly with Irish funerals, they protect us because they keep us moving forward. They give us something to do. They keep us they keep us distracted. And, and yet already what we have done is we have disconnected. So we have stopped ourselves from going straight into that. Oh, my God, how am I going to live without this person? And we are so caught up in the day to day. I need to organize the singers. I need to organize the flowers. We need to get a prayer book. And, um, you know, we need to talk to the undertaker, you know, all those practical aspects that that, you know, that again are um, they're, they're, they're not a pleasant part of a horrible process, but they're an important part because they distract us. And I don't mean that it's good to be distracted, but in terms of the ritual, as we start to accept and as we start to enter into a period of grief, those few days from the time somebody dies until their funeral are very much you know, the evidence that we are already disconnecting. And so when we are disconnected, we do feel more in control. We do feel more in charge and we do feel we at least are doing what feels familiar to us in an unfamiliar environment. And that's the the, the challenge and often the, the big difficulty is that when we are disconnected, we don't often see it. We don't often realise it. It can take us a long, long time for us to understand that. Um, in my own personal experience, um, it took me up until, oh God, I'd say seven, eight, nine years maybe until I realized that what had happened to me after I had experienced my first um, bereavement was that I had disconnected straight away, um, but but had myself so convinced, oh, no, I'm doing fine. I'm grand. I'm going. I'm I'm a warrior. I'm resilient. I know I'm fine. She look at, you know, it'll either kill you or cure you and you keep going and you keep going. And actually what I, I didn't realize was that more and more and as the years and the months and years went on, I was getting more and more disconnected. And so it meant and it means when we are that disconnected over that long period of time that that we then just really start to forget about who we are, you know, how we are, what lights us up. As I mentioned earlier, what's our purpose? What's our reason? How are we how are we going to discover ourselves or reevaluate our lives now that we are living in this new reality? And so when we are disconnected, we're hiding and we are locating ourselves in that place that feels we have most control, but we're denying ourselves all the beauty and the benefits of access to our creativity, access to our vulnerability access to being lovable um and obviously, you know, not all of these situations or predicaments play out, but many of them do. And so that concept, I was going to say that idea, but it's more than an idea. That concept of us being disconnected is something that's very real. And so I want you to think if if something that you feel was difficult for you, something happened to you in your life in the last five, six, seven years, or even it doesn't even need to be that, you know, with that time frame, if something in your past, whether it's recent or a while back, if something in your past happened, it would be a good exercise just to see do you feel that changed you in a way that possibly 
perhaps you might be disconnected and how we can recognize that we're disconnected can come out in a number of ways. People pleasing. And I, you know, I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again about, you know, our tendency to to just like over deliver and to really ensure that we are keeping everybody around us happy. That can be a real sign that we're disconnected and that we're just living in our heads. Also, the tendency or the ability to dim our light, to fit in, to make ourselves smaller, to make ourselves shrink, to be afraid to stand out, to be afraid to go after what we want. I mean, that can be a real sign that you're disconnected. And obviously that feeling of um, independence, that feeling of I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody's help. And that shows hugely that you're disconnected because one of the greatest um, signs that somebody is connected to themselves and to their heart space is the ability to ask for help. It is the ability to recognize that, you know, no, we were never meant to do this business of life on our own. We all need people to to help us, to help us along our way. We might need different people at different stages, but we do need people, even as a, an aggressive introvert. That's something that, that I feel very strongly about. We all need people and we all need to be able to, to have access to people that can help us, whether they are people in our personal relationship or in our personal networks or whether they're professionally placed. But that ability to ask for help, to show our vulnerability, to open ourselves up to love, to disappointment again, to being hurt again. Because when we're disconnected and when we are hidden in our headspace, we're doing that because we think it's going to protect us. We're doing that because we think it's going to reduce the likelihood of us being hurt, upset, betrayed, let down, abandoned again. And yet, when we disconnect, we're abandoning the most important person the most important relationship. And that's the one we have with ourselves. We have to be open to being disappointed. We have to be open to being loved. We have to be open to being let down because it is only through those experiences that we grow and we learn to grow. When we feel connected with ourselves, with our intuition and our heart, we also discover that we're, you know, that we're able to start focusing on what is best for us because we can tell what feels best for us. And when we feel better in ourselves, we're much more prone to embracing change, to want to live a better life because we feel more confident. We feel more capable and able. And we don't just think about making changes, but we start to give ourselves permission to believe that we deserve it, that we're worthy of it, that we've as much right to it as anybody else has. Um, And that's, you know, that sense of connection is so important and that link between our self-belief and our confidence and our connection to ourselves is so incredibly strong. And when you understand the significance of how you relate and how you connect to yourself, you automatically clear the way for a much stronger connection with who you are now and with who you want to become. It gives you the permission and and that permission piece is so important, but it gives you the permission that you need to be entirely faithful and loyal to yourself, to who you are and to who you believe you are here to be. 
How often does something happen and you find or we all find ourselves overthinking it or overanalyzing it, playing the outcomes out in our mind before it even happens, thinking that by doing this, we're preparing ourselves for the worst case scenario, the inevitable end result. Whereas actually what we're doing when we do that is we're sending out this huge message to the universe, to energy, to source, to whoever is listening to us, that we expect nothing more than this. So imagine, imagine if you believed and gave yourself permission to receive good things, great things, better things, um, things that you wanted, things that you feel you deserve, whether that's a job, whether that's a relationship, whether that's more money, whether that's a, a new home, whether that's a new dog, whether that's a new set of twin cats. I don't know where I came up with that idea. Maybe it's because I'm about to take on an, a set of kittens. But whether, sorry, again, I went off on a tangent there, but whatever it is that you think about, you know, if you allow yourself to believe that you have access and you can give yourself permission to receive all of those good things, well, then you're you're just making it so much more likely and possible that it will happen. Connecting to yourself pulls you away from the negative thinking. It gets you to focus more on your own thoughts, which of course, as you know, are the precursor to your actions. Our thoughts become feelings and our feelings become actions. So our behaviors, our thoughts, you know, that that link between all of them. And, and in the same way, if you think your thoughts are in your head, your feelings are in your heart and your actions are the result of that. So think of it like that. Thoughts, feelings, actions. And from a practical perspective, let's just be honest that the first way or the easiest way that you can access that connection to yourself is to introduce a daily practice that will allow and create space for that to happen. So bear in mind that, you know, there are many different activities and I have mentioned this in a a previous podcast about creating a daily practice and finding activities that resonate with you. But, you know, maybe, as I've said before, start with one or two from the list that might include journaling or meditating or yoga or breath work or visualization or intention setting, you know, gratitude lists or being out in nature or creating affirmations or accessing your creativity, whether it's writing, whether it's art, whether it's music. And even if you can just find those 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day, start to introduce that daily practice because it will help you to continue to be move more slowly to connect with yourself to slow right down and I struggled as I've said before with that quite a bit you know uh, as a doer I was very much a fact-based evidence-based kind of girl and I resisted you know that prospect of slowing down I thought it was self-indulgent and I thought it was actually quite a little bit of nonsense but when I did open my mind up to it when I when when I found myself in a position that I like I had nothing to lose and everything to gain by trying lots of new things and I discovered actually that there was a huge amount of uh, possibility and truth in the concept of a daily practice. And particularly for me, you know, that, that that's been journaling and it's been breath work and it's been nature and it's it's been meditation. So introducing my own daily practice really marked that time in my life when I 
was able to give myself permission to change and not just change, but change everything. And it made it made it possible for real transformation to occur. And that's what I want for you. So in terms of your tough love energy for this week, I just want you to ask yourself, really, where where do I feel disconnected? And sometimes, you know, and actually, even as I say that, where I asked you to ask that question, where do I feel disconnected? Can I just say scrap that? I would prefer you to start with and, and it's something, you know, I need to really be consistent with in terms of, you know, focus on the positive. So where do you feel most connected? And actually, maybe even just answer these questions. And they're simple questions, but I think actually, you know, as I'm talking and thinking, I think these questions would be really good in terms of the art of feeling, whether you you're connected or disconnected. So ask yourself, what am I most happy about in my life right now? What am I most excited about in my life right now? What am I most proud of in my life right now? What am I most grateful for in my life right now? And what am I enjoying most in my life right now? And if you think of those questions and the simplicity of them, and you might even think they sound a little too simplistic, Neve. There's a little secret to those questions. And the secret is that before you even start answering it, it's reframed how you're thinking, because though the answers to those questions have to be positive. Anything that you say, I'm happy about this or I'm feeling proud of that or I'm grateful for this or I'm excited by that. I've automatically put you into that positive frame of mind. So that's why I think those questions could work really well. And so rather than asking yourself questions that that maybe, you know, you will end up supplying answers that are just confirming negative responses, just always think about things in terms of where am I now? What's good about my life right now? Because there is so much good in your life right now. And I just want you to start focusing on that. Ask yourselves, what am I committed to in my life right now? And who do I love right now? By making quality questions part of your daily ritual, you'll be able to access those, those more emotional, empowering states. And when you do that, by even answering those five, six uh, simple questions. When you do that, it's going to help making decisions so much easier because you'll be able to decide then what's next for you with greater confidence. And over time, as you consistently practice those questions or practice those answers or doing those doing those questions, you'll be able to, I think what they call it are, are mental highways. So what you're doing is, you know, you're you're disrupting the normal um, default mental highway, which is like, oh yeah, but, you know, I want to do this, but, or I'd love to be that, I'd love to be, you know, working in this career except for, or, you know, if only it wasn't because of this, then I probably... You know what you're doing or what I want you to do. And it is part of the tough love energy part. It's to acknowledge that actually the language you use is not always the most positive. So we are going to start creating mental highways to get you to that state of happiness, of excitement, of pride, of gratitude, of joy, of commitment, of love. And excuse me before I go off and sound like a complete evangelical. But actually, you know, when people say to me, Neve, how do I change? 
you start here. You start with your thoughts. You start with recognizing that some of life's events have not been kind to you. Many of us have had to go through difficult periods in our lives. And many of us know that the chances are we'll have to go through more. But what what we have learned or what we come out of those situations knowing is that, yes, it disconnected us for a while. Yes, we froze. We went back in to our headspace. We disconnected from our heart. But what we ended up missing out on, what we ended up not being able to do, just made us realize that actually it's not the best way for us to live. So you are going to observe and you're going to, um, you know, in terms of when you replay this podcast or you listen to this podcast, you're going to see what parts of it resonated with you. You're going to see when I was talking about being disconnected or how it feels to be disconnected, whether it's the people pleasing, whether it's the dimming to fit in. Another example is that you can notice or start to observe a lot of anger, a lot of jealousy, a lot of envy, a lot of resentment mostly of course and clearly obviously a lot of negative emotions and those uh, that increase and that constant recurrence of negative emotions show you that you're disconnected because you're not able to connect to that source of love of vulnerability of asking for help of understanding Um, and so if If you can recognize some of those traits in yourself and if you see and and suspect that you might be disconnected, don't panic. You've done the most important thing, which is recognized it. And, And when we recognize, when we put our awareness on the fact that we are connected or disconnected, it paves the way. It starts the process for us to be able to reconnect again. So. I think that's probably enough on this subject for today. There's a lot in it. Um, You may need to listen to this once or twice. um, I'm sorry if I spoke too fast at different places, but um, there was kind of a lot I wanted to say on this topic and I only even got to scratch the surface. But all I would ask is that you just keep your awareness on, on that question of being connected or disconnected. And remember, what was that expression? Uh, remember that there's no Wi-Fi in the forest among the trees, but I can promise you, and I know this for a fact, that you'll find a much better connection there. So look, wishing you well, I will put up those uh, little simple um, questions you know, that, that I mentioned towards the end of the podcast. I'll put them in the show notes. And if you've any questions, if this has raised anything or brought anything up for you, please, please, please always feel free uh, to get in touch with me. Um, you can email me directly on neveennis.com. Nobody but me reads those emails. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Tough Love podcast. I really hope you found it useful. Um, And I'd love to, I genuinely would love to hear what your takeaways were. Also, you know, you know, if you're not already following me, come and find me on Instagram. I'm at oneneevenice.com and that's the number one. Let me know how these podcasts are helping you. Let me know, let me know if the Tough Love energy is is doing what it's supposed to do. And I'd also love if you were able to um, subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform of choice um, and it'll ensure to help that you um, don't miss any future episodes. So 
Godspeed. Um, have a great couple of weeks and I look forward to chatting to you all very soon again on Tough Love Energy. 